Chapter Twenty Seven of Nobody's Man by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Twenty Seven. Talent was seated at breakfast a few mornings later when his wife paid him an unexpected visit. She responded to his greeting with a cold nod, refused the coffee which he offered her, which he pushed forward to the fire i got your letter andrew she said in which you propose to call upon me this afternoon i am leaving town i am on my way back to new york as a matter of fact and i shall have left the hotel by midday so you see i have come to visit you instead it is very kind he answered she shrugged her shoulders and looked disparagingly around the plainly furnished man's sitting-room not much altered here she remarked it looks just as it did when i used to come to tea with you before we were married the neighborhood is a conservative one he replied still i must confess that i am glad i never gave the rooms up i don't think that nature intended me to dwell in palaces perhaps not she agreed a little insolently it is a habit of yours to think and live parochially now what did you want of me please there is a scheme on foot he began to bring about my political ruin you don't mean to tell me she exclaimed with a sudden light in her eyes that you my well-behaved andrew have been playing around you are not going to be a correspondent or anything of that sort i use the word political he reminded her coldly you would not understand the situation but its interest in my danger centers round a certain document which was stolen from my study at martinhoe on or just before the day of my arrival from london last august how dull she murmured that document he went on was purloined by anthony palliser from the safe in my study it was either upon him when he disappeared or he disposed of it on the afternoon of my arrival to a political opponent of mine james miller i had so hoped there was a lady in the case she yawned if you will give me your attention for one moment longer he begged it will be all i ask i want you to tell me first of all whether james miller called at the manor that afternoon and saw palliser whether any one called who might have been helping him or well whether you have heard anything of palliser since his disappearance she looked at him hardly you have brought me here to answer these questions pardon me he reminded her your coming was entirely your own idea but why should you expect that i should give you information she demanded you refused to give me the thing i wanted more than anything in life and you have thrown me off like an old glove if you are threatened with what you call political ruin why on earth should i intervene to prevent it he shrugged his shoulders you take a severe and i venture to believe a prejudiced view of the situation between us he replied i never promised you that i would make you a peerist such a thing never entered into my head every pledge i made to you when we were married i kept you cannot say the same the man's point of view i suppose she scoffed well i'll tell you what i know in exchange for a little piece of information from you which is what do you know about anthony palliser's disappearance he was silent for several moments the frown on his forehead deepened your very question he observed answers one of the queries which have been troubling me i have no objection to telling you 
she said that since that night i have neither seen nor heard of palliser what happened that night was simple tallente explained calmly perhaps you would call it primitive you left the room i beckoned palliser to follow me outside the car was still in the avenue and the servants were taking my luggage in the spot where we stood on the terrace too was exactly underneath your window i took him by the arm and led him along the little path towards the cliff when we came to an, the open space by the wall i let him go i asked him if he had anything to say he had nothing i thrashed him you bully tallente raised his eyebrows palliser was twenty years younger than i and of at least equal build and strength he said it was not my fault that he seemed unable to defend himself but his disappearance tell me about that we were within a few feet of the edge of the cliff i struck him harder perhaps than i had intended and he went over i stood there and looked down but i could see nothing i heard the crashing of some bushes and after that silence i even called out to him but there was no reply some time later robert and i searched the cliff and the bay below for his body we discovered nothing it was high tide that night she cried you know very well that he must have drowned i have answered your question tallente replied quietly there was a cold fury in her eyes the veins seemed to stand out on her clenched worn hands she looked at him with all the suppressed passion of a creature impotent yet fiercely anxious to strike i shall give information she cried you shall be charged with his murder tallente shook his head you will waste your time stella he said for one thing a woman may not give evidence against her husband another thing there cannot very well be a charge for murder unsupported by the production of the body and for a third thing i should deny the whole story her fury abated though the hate in her eyes remained i think she declared that you are the most cold-blooded creature i ever knew the irony of the situation gripped at him he rose suddenly to his feet filled with an overwhelming desire to end it stella he said to me you always seemed especially during our last few years together cold and utterly indifferent i know now that i was mistaken in your way you cared for palliser you starved me my own fault you would say perhaps but listen there is a way into every man's heart and a way into every woman's but sometimes that way lies hidden except to the one right person and you weren't the right person for me and i wasn't the right person for you now answer the rest of my question and let us part tell me she asked with almost insolent irony do you believe that there could ever have been a right person for you my god yes he answered with a sudden fire i suffer the tortures of the damned sometimes because i miss my chance there i'm telling you this just so that you shall think a little differently if you can you and i between us have made an infernal mess of things it was chiefly my fault and as regards palliser well i am sorry only the fellow he may have been lovable to you but he was a coward and a sneak to me and he paid i am sorry she seemed a little dazed you mean to tell me andrew she persisted that there is really someone you care for care for in the big way a woman who means as much to you as your place in parliament your ambition more 
he declared vigorously there isn't a single thing i have or ever have had in life which i wouldn't give for the chance just a chance and she cares for you i think that she would he answered she has been brought up in a very old-fashioned school she knows of you stella smiled a little bitterly well she said i suppose i am a brute but i am glad to know that you can suffer i hope you will suffer it makes you seem more human anyhow but in return for your confidence i will answer the other part of your question the man miller was at the manor that afternoon palliser confessed to me that he had given him some important document given him well sold him then tony hadn't got a shilling in the world and he would never take a halfpenny from me he had to have money he told me about it that night before you came miller gave him five thousand pounds for it secret service money from one of the branches of his party now you know all about it yes i know all about it tallente assented a little bitterly you can take your trip to america without a single regret stella i shall certainly never be a cabinet minister again much less prime minister of england miller can use those papers to my undoing she shrugged her shoulders as she turned towards the door you are like the fool she said who tried to build the tower of his life without cement all very well for experiments andrew when one is young and one can rebuild but you are a little old for that now aren't you and all your brain and all your efforts and every thought you have been capable of since the day i met you have been given to that one thing you'll find it a little difficult to start all over again don't trouble i know the way down and i have a car waiting you must take up golf and make a water garden at martinhoe i don't know whether you deserve that i should wish you good fortune i can't make up my mind but i will and good-bye she left him in the end quite suddenly he had not even time to open the door for her tallente looked out of the window and watched her drive away his feelings were in a curiously numb state for stella he had no feeling whatever her confirmation of palliser's perfidy had awakened in him no new resentment only in a vague way he began to realize that his forebodings of the last few days were founded upon a reality whether palliser lived or was dead it was too late for him to undo the mischief he had done tallente took up the receiver and asked for dartrey's number in half an hour he was on his way to see him End of chapter twenty seven